swung on it. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. He's tied the babe. It's a judging blast. His 60th home run of the year. Wow. All right. Here comes the judge. That is the sound of Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge having one of the best offensive seasons we have ever seen and raising larger, even more interesting questions in the process. Questions about value, about the most hotly contested award in baseball, and what we're supposed to do if a different player, the American League's reigning most valuable player, is off doing two jobs at once, pitching and hitting, in a way that we have never seen before. Again. So today, I summon Jeff Passan, our resident Triple Crown skeptic, a man who respects both math and history, and thus the sheer absurdity of Shohei Otani's existence, to make a judgment and decide the best MVP race in any sport that I can recall. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Tuesday, September 27th. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Uh, Jeff Passon, just before we get going here, are you comfortable? You good? You got your diet Mountain Dew. You have your chair at the right height as requested. Everything's feeling comfortable. I haven't had a diet Mountain Dew yet this morning, Pablo. So I'm, I might be getting a little frisky here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have that sent to your house, Jeff. We'll have that taken care of because I just wanted to establish that for me, it's very important to be a thoughtful host, a very thoughtful host. So much so that when I was listening to you talk to Emily Kaplan on this podcast back in August... Just, you know, because I'm also a thorough host, um, it, it felt like maybe that was a concern for you. Jeff Passan, thank you for your graciousness. Thank you for your insight. And thanks for coming on this podcast once again. And, and thank you, Emily, for being uh, such a wonderful, thoughtful uh, host compared to what we normally have. Hmm. Definitely keep that in, producers. <laughs> And so, yeah, we kept it in, Jeff. And so, yeah, good to have you. It's good. uh, Thoughtfully. It's good to good to be back, Pablo. (laughs) (laughs) But I bring you here, Jeff, with a question before we get into what is like an active, fiery debate that I really do need your help guiding me through. And that question is simply... Are you an MVP voter? What is what is your status here as a part of Major League Baseball's political system? So let's go over how MVP voting works. Um, every city in Major League Baseball has a chapter 
of the Baseball Writers Association of America. And every city gets two votes in the MVP race. That's 15 cities in each league, and that's 30 votes. And living in Kansas City as I do, not a whole lot of baseball writers here. So I have spent a, a vast majority of my career as an MVP voter. Yes. Um, and I was going to get an MVP vote this year, but uh, there's been a trend lately in contracts, whether it was Byron Buxton's or Julio Rodriguez's new deal, where there are enormous dollars tied to MVP voting. And that made me really uncomfortable. Mm. It, you know, the, the politicking that already goes on with MVP voting. Wait, wait, wait. Explain some of the politicking here as the financial incentives are beginning to become clearer, I think, to me. There's financial incentives, but there's also teammates, agents. Um, why do you have this guy over this guy? Because he's better, turd. Like, that's why. <laughs> I, you know, I want to say that. Uh, I, but that, that would be rather impolite. So I just say it on your podcast instead. That's right. It, it got to the point where it's like, I love voting for MVP because it's a really cool thing, but it's not worth it anymore. It's almost like it matters too much is what you're saying. You know what? It should matter this much. And, and it should really matter in a season like this when we have an all-time great performance by a New York Yankee yep. against an all-time great talent out in Los Angeles. And the two of them facing off in this bi-coastal 3,000 miles away, couldn't be any more different as players. Incredible showdown. Look... <laughs> Shohei Otani has no rival. I want to disclose my priors here just as we begin. I was of the opinion that there is no way that anyone could have a season that would even plausibly rival the season of a guy who is doing something we just have never seen before, hitting and pitching and doing it in a way that, you know, not even Babe Ruth had ever done. All of that stuff we've covered extensively on this podcast. But what has been stunning to me as also a Yankee homer <laughs> is that I don't need to write off the season that Aaron Judge is having because things have happened in the last several months that make even that argument just unfathomably compelling. And so I want to start with the Judge thing here, right? What has been going on, as you would describe it, that has made his season something that we really need to reckon with, even if you are a show-high stan? Well, they're the records... And let's start with those. Uh, the first record that Aaron Judge is primed to break is the American League home run record. And the pitch. Deep to left. There it goes. He's run away from Ruth. Home run number 59 for Aaron Judge. Now, I want to make clear, this is not the single season Major League Baseball home run record. That is owned by Barry Bonds. He hit 73 home runs in a season. All of them went over the fence. You cannot bring them back with magical anti-steroid pixie dust. <laughs> that happened. And so if you want to put your caveats on, if you want to call it the clean record, you go ahead and assume you know what's in people's blood. And or the clear record is the other side of the coin, too, <laughs> I guess. That's a fair point. Um... The, 
the easiest way to say it is Aaron Judge is going to have hit more home runs than anyone in American League history. And generally speaking, that's not the sort of thing that you like cut into college football games to watch. But I'm really glad it happened as a baseball uh, fan and enthusiast because, yeah. listen, Major League Baseball having relevance in football time of year is a great thing. And that, that to me, you know, uh, that's it's an unquantifiable thing that Aaron Judge is providing Major League Baseball. And it's the sort of thing that when you're going over your MVP ballot, you look at years and you look at stats and typically those determine where your vote's going to go. But sometimes two guys' years are so incredible side by side, you need to keep those little differentiators in your pocket, those little tiebreakers there. Wait, wait, wait. One of those little tiebreakers, Jeff, that you're establishing here is that it's not merely that he is valuable to the Yankees. It's that he might be the most valuable player to the institution of baseball right now. Transcending the game, Pablo. And it's it's very rare that you find players who are doing that. But Aaron Judge, not just with the, the 61 homers in his sight and the 62, you're presuming he's going to get there. But the fact that he is so far ahead of his peers in the home run race that he is leading the American League in runs batted in. And that, oh, by the way, he also might lead it in batting average and win a triple crown, too. But you said that there are some things we cannot quantify. And I should note that as we try to quantify things that are unquantifiable that we're recording on Monday morning. But in terms of what his season is, beyond just the homers, I know that you are also... You try to be fluent in advanced numbers, Jeff. You're really good at that. And you mentioned the Triple Crown. And there are also other numbers here that weigh into the calculus that I think you would make as a person trying to be quantitative. Where does the Triple Crown and the fact that he may be the first Triple Crown winner since Miguel Cabrera and then before that, Carl Yastrzemski, where does that factor in to your math? <sighs> Honestly, it doesn't factor in much. The, this idea that Aaron Judge is the head of three categories, uh, one of which has lost importance, the second of which has remained important, and the third of which, uh, I love RBIs, but let's be honest, it's an extremely team-dependent statistic. Mm -hmm. The triple crown that interests me is the triple slash crown. Okay. <laughs> Explain this before we both get stuffed into a locker. You look at batting average. The second in the slash line is on base percentage, which Aaron Judge leads the American League. And mm. the third is slugging percentage, which, hey, guess what? Sense of a theme? Aaron Judge leads the American League. So, man, you can have your triple crown. <laughs> your little, your cute little triple crown. Yeah, feel free to wear I'm, that around if you want. I, I, If I'm Aaron Judge now, I'm walking around with a five-pointed quintuple crown. <laughs> you got batting average, you got home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, uh, you know, we can we can look at Aaron Judge's stat line this year, and there the, the reality is there are very few in Major League history that are like it. There are very few seasons that have been 
this good. And and to contextualize it. Yeah. Aaron Judge is doing this at 30 years old on the cusp of free agency from the New York Yankees. Pablo, I'm sorry to remind you it's, of that. It's a because cruel thing to real. I mean, insofar as I identify with the people who open the purse strings, it is a cruel thing to realize that all of this is going to result in something that will jeopardize perhaps the balance financially and the construction of the roster, but continue. He's doing this in his walk here. He's doing this in, in the Bronx. Look, I'm a Midwesterner. I'm not the kind of person who's going to sit here and romanticize what it's like to be a sports star on the East Coast. I think a lot of East Coast uh, bias is real. I think there's an incredible amount of self-importance in the mm. New York media bubble. How dare I believe, you? I believe all of that to be true. It is not mutually exclusive with Aaron Judge having to deal with all of that, however. Yes, and so, yes, yes. I, and, and so I think the, the pressure on New York athletes, manufactured though it may be, still does exist still is a very real thing to their mental health, to their physical well-being. Uh, an added piece of pressure that, frankly, Shohei Otani doesn't have to deal with in any way. <laughs> I mean, aside from, so the fact that, aside from the fact that there is, like, an entire country watching his every move. Okay, well, there is that. There is that. There is the entire nation of Japan weighing upon him. But I would say that the entire nation of Japan does not have the same um, psychotic helicopter parent, (laughs) just neuroses and obsessions that, yeah, the city of New York may have. Gravity has been, for the longest time, trying to pull Aaron Judge towards superstardom that he showed his rookie year when he hit 52 home runs. Deep to left field, going back Cabrera, looking up, see ya, he's done it, no rookie has ever hit 50 home runs in a season, kill Aaron Judge right now. And finally, he has surrendered to the poll and fulfilled this destiny that seemed written from the beginning for him to be the heir to Derek Jeter to be the new captain, to be the person uh, around whom everything revolves in the Yankees clubhouse. And I'll tell you, in the time that I spent with the team in Milwaukee and in New York, I saw that firsthand. He is everything to that franchise. And when you're having a season like he is, why wouldn't he be? Right. I mean, there is this dynamic you're describing where the spotlight that would have melted the flesh off of a normal athlete, he instead treats the way that Superman treats our son as just this thing that actually seems to make him ever more supernaturally powerful. And uh, listen, a walk here is really hard. Um, Don't get me wrong. Like turning down 213 and a half million as Aaron Judge did before the season started... Like, not feeling sorry for the guy. No. But to do that, to bet on yourself, and then to go out and have the season that Aaron Judge is having now, if I were Aaron Judge right now, I would not walk. I would do the Sam Cassell (laughs) big (laughs) walk. I would have someone actually 
pushing a literal physical wheelbarrow for my figurative. Yes, I I would listen. I would have to buy pants three sizes larger. <laughs> Aaron Judge, he you know he called the Yankees bluff. That's what he did. He really did. And this is where for all of the like, oh, no, are the Yankees going to pay one billion dollars for Aaron Judge stuff that's happening? I feel like everybody has to respect, yo, this guy went all in on himself and it is insane how well this has worked. Yeah. Is it the point now where like Red Sox fans want Aaron Judge to come to Boston? Mets fans want him to head over to Queens and be in the middle of that lineup and where Dodgers fans are like, yeah, we have a super team already, but you know, if if Aaron Judge wants to come by, we're in. Like everybody is in if they can be. Yeah, and and that's the thing that he has played himself to a place where few will be because the money he's going to get uh, is large and it is extraordinarily well deserved and earned. All right, Jeff, after the break, we get to what you are doing with your fake MVP ballot that I would argue actually means more than a real one. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats Headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So, what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And then on the other hand, we have Shohei Otani. And I, I do want to give him full freight as a matter of not just fairness, but as a matter of showing just how unusually special an MVP race is. I don't usually care about these things, Jeff. I don't. But this one actually feels like it's teaching me something about what we value in sports. So what should we value about Shohei Otani? Oh, God, where do I start? 
Um, let's value Shohei Otani as an offensive player. Um, Shohei Otani is having about as good of a year, not quite, but let's just look at the counting stats. Um, 34 home runs. That's a lot. Uh, 93 RBIs. Hey, a lot too. And a 271 batting average, 14 points higher than last year. Pretty good. Showing improvement. Shohei Otani's strikeout rate uh, has dipped precipitously this year. He's a really, really good offensive player who alone would be an all-star DH. Mm. Now, let's take that back. He'd be an all-star outfielder because if he didn't also pitch... He would be in the outfield. But yeah, let's get to that pitching part of things. Yeah, so let's get to the part of how this guy is the reigning MVP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he won the MVP last year because he was an elite hitter with 46 home runs and also, oh, by the way, uh, through 130 innings of 3.18 ERA baseball. Uh, what Shohei Otani is this year is one of the five to 10 best pitchers in the world who also happens to be an all-star caliber DH. And <laughs> if you don't laugh at that just to yourself, like you've become too numb for this universe, man. Like I want, I, I, I want to talk about Shohei with all of the um, rigorous retrospect that I would want my children to also have when they look back on this. I love my job for a lot of reasons, Pablo, but one of them is that I feel like I get to properly contextualize for both the modern fan and for someone who is either listening to this or reading 25 years down the road, <laughs> how lucky we are to be watching Shohei Otani right now. Yes, he is the one human being we have literally never seen before. Yeah. And we honestly still don't have a good analogy for him. He's kind of his own analogy. I've thought about this, Jeff. What is he? Is he the chef that also, I don't know, like is, a, is, is, a, is an Olympian gymnast? Like, I don't know how to compare him to anything else. He's the quarterback who's also the middle linebacker, if you want to do it that way. He's the wide receiver who's also the shutdown corner. Like, is is he two sides of that same coin? Or um, it, does he create a third side by himself? I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's Shohei Otani. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And, and that is the... I, I want to say I run out of things to say about him, but I don't because I'm just sitting here right now looking at his his fan graphs page because sometimes I just find myself getting lost in these numbers to try and better understand them. Um, His fastball is 97.3 miles an hour this year. That's a mile and a half an hour up from last season. Two down and the 2-2 two, two to Devers. And he got it. 101. Wait a second. He throws a slider nearly 40% of the time, more often than he does his fastball. So he's embracing the modern way of pitching where it's almost like your fastball is an on-speed pitch as opposed to your off-speed stuff being off-speed. Wow, unreal. That's a bite. 11 strikeouts for Otani. That's a filthy slider. He is his split finger fastball. Oh, the split. It's just disgusting. Two strike pitch. Down goes Hanniger. And 
has to split. It's gross. It's one of the one of the best and most valuable pitches in baseball, and he throws it one out of every eight pitches. But you know that when you have two strikes, you're going to see a split, and he can leave it in the zone if he wants to, or he can bury it down on the ground. And either way, uh, you succumb because he is <laughs> Shohei Otani, and you are not. When Shohei Otani came here, and I'm about to air out one of my uh, one of my great foibles uh, of all time here. When Shohei Otani, it's a safe yeah, space, at, well, yeah, only only with uh, tens of thousands of our closest friends. <laughs> when he came here, uh, he was at least to the scouting community in Major League Baseball uh, known as a starting pitcher and a guy who is going to be an elite top of the rotation, potentially best in the world starting pitcher. The two-way thing, you know, as much as the Angels tried to say, this is going to be something we give to you, in the back of everybody's mind in baseball, it was going to be a one-year experiment that wasn't going to work, and he was going to go back to pitching because, sorry, but you can't do both at once. Mm, it felt like a favor at the time is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, it felt like a way to almost cajole him into thinking this is the best spot for me. And that first spring training, he did not look good doing either. And it's a pretty uh, freezing cold take here by me, but... Mm. Uh, I talked with a bunch of scouts and they were almost all in agreement uh, that Shohei Otani needs some time in the minor leagues to work on his hitting. <laughs> Within about a month, actually, I think it was two weeks when I wrote the Sorry Shohei column. <laughs> but that was our introduction to him, Pablo. And even at that time, there was still the belief that he was going to be pitcher first, hitter second. Um, that finally five years later is coming to fruition. And, and the fact that he is as incredible of a hitter as he is and that he's still pitcher first just goes to show you what we're dealing with here. Shohei Otani should win MVP every single <laughs> season. I, I no, honestly, I, I truly believe that when, when you have the ability to be two elite players in one. Right, right. How do you beat that? How do how, you that, possibly logically argue against that? That's that. That's the starting point going into every year. Shohei Otani is the MVP. Come take it from him. So this is where I begin to wonder about how we quantify things, right? Because there are metrics in baseball that do seem to attempt to do this, right? Wins above replacement, war is this all-encompassing stat that I have come to respect. And Aaron Judge, it sounds like, is outpacing Otani in war this season. What does that say to you as to what you just said about how no one can do the thing that this one man is doing as two people? We try to quantify through something like war. Now, I think, I think war is... Hmm. What's what's the polite way to put this? Um, I think war isn't completely foolish. 
<laughs> what is it good for? It's you know, you know what it's good for? I think comparing across eras, I think it's problematic when you start looking at defense because single-year defensive metrics don't tend to be particularly reliable. In war, you're trying to take the sum of a hitter's batting, base running, and defense when one of those elements isn't all that reliable tends to make you question the actual number itself when fan graphs and baseball reference have completely different wars when mm. the player is putting up the exact same season you can uh, you can argue that this just means it's up for different types of interpretation and how you value things there are different recipes though i didn't realize this fully completely different recipes and listen uh, I, there's great pizzas at more than one place and you can use the same ingredients and, and come out with that. And uh, all the pizza joints right now say Aaron judge is the better player. But if I may offer this to you, um, could war not just be fundamentally flawed for the single case of Shohei Otani? The argument there, I think, is very simple and actually really compelling. War makes positional adjustments, meaning if you play premium positions like shortstop, like catcher, like center field, the latter of which Aaron Judge has played this year, uh, you get more defensive value because you played more important positions. If you are a DH, you get dinged hard for being a DH. And I get that. You don't bring any defensive value and you're taking up a roster spot uh, because you are a bad only guy that could presumably be with someone who could provide defensive value. Well, what if you play DH because you're also going to be getting Cy Young Award votes <laughs> as a pitcher this year? Yeah, what if you're playing the ultimate defensive position? Pitcher. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what if what if you're playing a position where you strike out a dozen dudes a night um, and also, by the way, DH on the same night? It feels like the DH penalty that exists in war for Shohei Otani is misused and inappropriate and that if you take that out, all of a sudden their wins above replacement totals are looking a lot more alike than they do right now. Mm. So to you, to you, the case for Shohei Otani is a case that can be evidence-driven oh. as opposed to a historical macro one. A hundred percent. I think if if you're just trying to look at the the more wondrous season, Shohei Otani wins eleven times out of ten. Mm. Like mm. I, I just think as and 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 that is by the way that is not taking anything away from what Aaron Judge is doing right now. It's embracing that Shohei Otani is doing something that never happens. <laughs> and now it is time to embrace the moment, Jeff. You have your all-important but also clearly counterfeit MVP ballot in front of you. You have presented both sides of this argument. It is time to just get this formally on the record in full clarity. The American League most valuable player is who? I, I think there is every reason to vote for Shohei Otani and that if uh, one of the 30 voters out there does, I will not in any way begrudge him or her. 
But Aaron Judge is the American League MVP, Pablo. Wow. Wow. Damn. I've never done an episode of ESPN Daily that felt like the sixth sense. You really thought I was going Otani? I was, I was, I was not necessarily ready to see all these dead people. Oh man. I, I, I keep going, but yeah, I, I, yes, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Wow. Man, I hit the ball really well there, huh? You did. You, you said 11 out of 10 times. That is that is the point here. Shohei Otani should win every year. But what Aaron Judge has done this year transcends even the institutional greatness of Otani. <laughs> I look at I look at Otani and what he's doing right now as as being unparalleled in a macro sense. But in 2022 alone, what Aaron Judge has done is better than what Shohei Otani has done. Man. Jeff Passan, um, I feel like some combination of, yeah, guy watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie and also, like, um, yeah, I guess Maury Povich. Like, congratulations, Aaron Judge. <laughs> you are the father. You are the MVP. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I and and let me say this, by the way, I think this is this is an important um addendum. I think Judge is gonna run away with it. And so just to recap here then at the very end, Jeff, Shohei Otani, congratulations on on winning ESPN Daily's award for uh being Shohei Otani, I guess. But Aaron Judge, <laughs> sir, congratulations on winning Jeff Passon's extraordinarily fake MVP vote. And Pablo, congratulations to you for having such a thoughtful podcast. (laughs) Thank you, bro. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.